Quiet, please. Quiet, please. Bedtime Stories for Nobody and Eric's Apartment present Quiet, Please, which aired from June 1947 to June 1949 on the Mutual Broadcasting System. Accruing a small but devoted following and a reputation as the most thoughtful and inventive of the Golden Age radio horror shows, Quiet, Please was created, written, and directed by Willis Cooper. Quiet, Please for tonight is called Let the Lilies Consider. Yes, I, I quite understand. I quite understand. Your stenographer is taking down everything I say, and you and you are witnesses, and when the stenographer transcribes his notes, I'm to sign them, and that that's my confession. Is that right? And whatever I say may be used against me. Is that right? Oh, I'll sign them all right. Where do you want me to start? At the beginning, I suppose. All right, for, for your record. My name is James R. That's James Roderick. 41, third-generation American, college graduate, UCLA, that's University of California, Los Angeles. No occupation. No, n not, not unemployed, just no occupation. Well, I have a small but adequate income. and You have my address. Uh, I was married. Oh, Gretchen. Gretchen McMonish. Yes, Gretchen is a diminutive of Margaret, so Ma Margaret McMonish, an orphan. Where's your wife now, James? Oh, please don't try to trap me, Lieutenant. I've told you at least 20 times where she is. Tell me again. Right there. There. Look, James, we dug that place up twice now. Your wife isn't there. Now, where is she? I've told you. What did you do with her? I didn't do anything with her, Lieutenant. I've told you that. All right. Go on. Well, I met her at school in 1930. Did you bury her in the flower bed then? May I go on? Answer my question. No, did you bury her? I did not. Then why do you keep saying she's there? Because... You killed her. No. Well, she's dead. What killed her? I've told you, she isn't dead. You can't prove it, James. I can prove it, Lieutenant, but you won't believe it. Why don't you prove it, then? Shall I... Shall I go on with my statement? Did you plant that lily there to mark her grave, James? I didn't plant that lily. How come it grows there? How, much, how come it's so much bigger than the others? Answer me! Well, there were other lilies there alongside it before you and your men dug them up. James, I think I know why that lily is bigger than the others. You do? Yes, and so do you. You're wrong, Lieutenant. You know why we left that lily standing, James, when we dug up the others? Yes. Because we know what's under it there. Because we figured the lily would remind you, would keep you thinking about your wife buried there. Because we hoped it might lead you to a confession. It won't, Lieutenant. You know, I have an idea that that lily there is going to hang you, James. No, it isn't. That lily loves me. Con consider the lilies of the field. How they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. Yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. What are you talking about? Well, we consider the lilies, and some of us love them. Do you suppose the lilies consider us, and sometimes return our love? 
I don't think you'll get by with an insanity plea, James. Oh. I don't know very much about flowers. I don't know anything about them from the standpoint of books. I'm not interested in their stamens and pistols and, and the, the anatomy of flowers. I'm interested in their souls. In, yeah, in their souls. I believe flowers love and hate just as people do. Shall we get along with your statement? Yeah. Yes. Well, they love us and, and hate us in proportion to the love or the hate we have for them. I've, I said I've always loved flowers. My wife, Gretchen, she, she hated them. And they loved me, Gretchen. You know, James, I declare, I don't think these flowers like me at all. I can't do a thing with them. Oh, you'll learn. I'll, I'll show you how to handle them. I don't think I want to handle them. James, must we have so many flowers? Why? I like them, dear. But so many of them. Well, I haven't anything else to do but to raise flowers. I know that. That's what bothers me. I don't like to see you wasting all your time puttering around flower beds every single hour. Goodness, I think it's just kind of wicked, James, when there are so many other things you could be doing. Well, aren't you happy? Well, of course I'm happy. But I could be happier if I didn't have to compete with a lot of silly flowers. Well, I don't, I don't think they're silly. Besides, there are so many lilies. Oh, but they're so beautiful. They're so depressing. I, I love them. That's what bothers me, James. Why? Well, I'm, I'm jealous of them, James. Gretchen. James, you do love me more than you love the flowers, don't you? Isn't that a pretty foolish question? James. What? Look, look at the lilies. Why, what do you... What, what do you, you... Look at them. They're listening. They're waiting to hear what you say. And I looked. And I tell you, there was a silence in the garden there that, that you could almost hear. And the lilies around us were leaning forward, leaning toward us as we stood there, and there was an attitude of expectancy about them, and as their graceful stems bent towards us, trembling, they were listening. And suddenly, Gretchen broke from my arms and ran sobbing into the house, trampling their beautiful, delicate bodies underfoot as she ran. No, no, I... I didn't follow her. I stood for a long time in the twilight, considering these lilies of the field, and they watched me, considering me in silence as I lifted up the murdered flowers from the marks of Gretchen's shoes and the soil, and wept a moment for them. And I never did answer Gretchen's question. I, I could have answered it, but she never asked again. Perhaps she thought she knew the answer. So that's why you killed her. Because you thought more of the flowers than you did of her. Oh, I didn't kill her. Go on. I did love Gretchen. I love her now more than I ever did. It sounds as if you did. We were very happy for a long time that winter. There were no flowers in the winter, and she had no cause to feel neglected. It was very pleasant here in the house, but the spring came, and the buds appeared on the trees, 
and one day she brought up the subject again. James, what about the flowers this year? Well, I'm going to start on the gardens tomorrow. I wish. Wish what, darling? Do we have to have the flowers again? We don't have to have them, but I want them. It's been so nice all winter without them. But I've missed them. I'd hoped you'd maybe forgotten them, forgotten James. Forgotten them? Why, darling, I, I don't think I could live without them. If they all died, what would you do? I, I don't know. Would you die? What are, what are you talking about, Gretchen? I, I'm being very foolish and very silly, James, but... I don't want the flowers. I hate the flowers. Now, dear. I hate them. You mustn't say that, Gretchen. They'll hate you. That's just what's the matter. You let those flowers become an obsession with you. You've begun to feel that they're alive, that they have feelings. You're letting those things take you away from me, James, and I won't have it. Gretchen, you're being very silly. I said I was being silly. I know I am. But it's the truth just the same. Oh, we could do so many things this summer, go so many places. But I don't want to go places, Gretchen. You did before you went so crazy over flowers, over those horrible lilies. Darling, they're so beautiful. You used to say I was beautiful. Well, you are. But not as beautiful as the lilies, am I? Oh, my dear, you're... Well, you're like a lily yourself. Your skin so white, and your yellow hair... And that green dress. Don't you compare me with one of those things. You hear me? I'm not like a flower. I'll never be like a flower. Dear, please, don't. James, do you know what I think? Sometimes I think there's something wrong with your mind. Sometimes I think you're a little crazy. Do you realize that I'm your wife? Do you? But you think that you're married to those flowers. I won't have it. You've got to choose between those dreadful flowers and me. I wondered if my mind was all right. There's nothing wrong with loving flowers, is there? Almost everyone loves them, but for my wife to be jealous of them. I wondered for a moment if it was my mind or, or hers. Yes, I did spend too much time in the gardens, and I resolved then for me to change my way, to devote only a few hours a day to cultivation and admiration of my precious lilies. I would compromise. I would try to follow my wife's wishes and try to remember her first, instead of the flowers, but I reckoned without the flowers. I planted only half as many this year, and Gretchen watched sullenly from the house, they came up eagerly, and I could have sworn that there were twice as many as I planted. Gretchen wouldn't speak to me for days at a time. And mornings when I awoke, I would sometimes find her staring out the window at the lushness of the garden. And in her eyes, I saw a look of awful hatred. It was her attitude, I suppose, that led me to spend more and more time in the garden. And the flowers rewarded me. They were more beautiful, more gracious, more abundant than I have ever seen. And they returned the loving care I gave them. They poured out their love for me in waves of scent. And their leaves,
fingers caressed my hands as I bent over them. As I labored among them, they, they bent their perfect heads to brush against my cheek. And for long hours, I could forget Gretchen, my wife. Until a rustle among the lilies caused me to look up and see my wife standing at the window in the house, gazing out hatefully at us. And the lilies and I looked back at her with something of fear in our hearts. And the garden grew and flourished beyond my fondest hopes. And slowly I came to the realization that my garden of lilies was increasing in size, that there were hundreds more than what I'd set out in the spring, and I smiled on them happily, and the lilies smiled back at me. The lilies loved me. But there was a summer night and a full moon, and I sat on the porch alone, and I dreamed of... What did I dream of? There was a voice, a murmurous voice above the little breeze in the garden. And the voice was without words, and yet it was the voice of a loved one, of a lover. It spoke to me sadly, caressing me in sounds that did not need the form of words. And I sat there, alone in the darkness, and listened. And at last the words came. James? I love you. Oh, uh, Gretchen. James, I can't stand it any longer. W what's the matter, Gretchen? I told you a long time ago that you've got to choose between me and those flowers. Now, dear, I... I'm not going to live in this house like a prisoner any longer. Those flowers are driving me mad. I never see you from morning to night. You've forgotten all about me. What? That's not I, true. I don't mean a thing to you. That's not true, Gretchen. I do love you. But you love those flowers more. Well... Well? Uh, I love you. Then what are you going to do about it? Well, what shall I do? Do you want the flowers, or do you want me? I, uh... Choose, James. Well, Gretchen, I... I, I... I can't! I can't! And Gretchen turned away without another word and went into the house. I could not move. The chanting in my ears had become a hypnotic lullaby now. And my eyes closed and I think I slept. And then suddenly I was awakened by Gretchen's shrill laughter. <laughs> and somewhere the flaring of a brilliant light and the garden was a sheet of flame. 
and among the lilies Gretchen dashed with a great torch she'd fashioned from a broom soaked with kerosene, and the noble tall lilies withered in its blast as she thrust it in their faces, and above the crackling of the flame, her hysterical <laughs> laughter. I could hear the keening of strange, lost voices. And I could make out words among the sounds of the catastrophe my wife had begun, and they were sad beyond belief. And I roused myself and ran to the garden, but it was too late. Like some avenging demon, my wife stood triumphant amid the scorched and blistered dying flowers, and she laughed again. <laughs> And now that she thought she'd won. And there were no more flowers to be jealous of. And when the sun rose in the morning, I went out of the house to contemplate the miserable remains of my loved ones. And it was as if nothing had happened on that dreadful night. The lilies I had last seen smoldering in the moonlight had raised their smiling heads again, and there was no sign of fire about them. And listen to this, you who refuse to believe flowers too live and reason and love. There were thousands more lilies now than the night before. They had burst the bounds of the garden, and they extended halfway across the graveled walk that bordered the garden, and from the house came the despairing sobbing of the woman who had tried desperately to destroy the flowers that loved me. I had feared for my wife's sanity, and now I feared for my own. It was hours before she could do more than weep. But at last she spoke to me. James, I'm going to leave here. No, no, Gretchen. I've got to go. I didn't believe, but... I won't let you go. You don't love me. Why should I stay? They've won. They'll never forgive me. They'll kill me. No, no. James, I want you to listen to me. I love you. I'll always love you. I love you, Gretchen. But you love the flowers more than you do me. Uh, no. No, I don't. You don't mean that? I, I mean it. But it's no use. They love you, James. They're going to have you. I've tried to destroy them, and they can't be destroyed. If I don't get away from here... I can't let you go, Gretchen. I love you, James. Stay. What if I do stay? I'll die. They'll have you. No. They hate me. Gretchen. They love you. What can I do? Well, I don't know, but... You can't fight them. You won't fight them. I, I know I can't fight them. They love me. And I love you, James. It's too late now to choose. I won't let them have you. I love you. Look at the window. I looked at the window. Outside stood another lily. 
There had been none there before this morning, but there it stood. And as I raised my head, I could see more and more of them across the lawn, overflowing the garden walls, thousands of them, each with its flower cup turned towards the house, each one listening. And I turned back to Gretchen, miserable and afraid. She'd risen from the bed and was standing before her dresser. Gretchen, I called, for I knew what was in the second drawer of the dresser. There's no other way, James. Put it down, Gretchen. We'll, we'll think of a way. There's no other way. I don't know how this happened, but I believe now. I believe they love you, James, and they hate me. Gretchen, no. Put it down. No, James. This is the way out. It's the only way out. I won't let them have you. I won't give you up. And she raised the pistol until it pointed straight at my heart. And I said once more, no, Gretchen. It has to be this way, James. And then I'll go out and give myself up to them. Darling, I love you. <gasps> I must have lain there for a long time. At last my eyes opened and it was dusk again. I struggled to rise. My side ached horribly. And it was a long time before I could reconstruct what had happened. And I lay there thinking, wondering what had happened to Gretchen. Was I to die here alone? Was she dead too? And then I heard the voice again. Gretchen? You will not die. Gretchen, Gretchen will not die. We love you. We want you to be happy. You love Gretchen. Gretchen lives. Gretchen loves you. And I drifted away again into the gathering darkness, with the voice still ringing in my ear. It's a fine story, James. Yes. You didn't tell us before that you'd been shot. No. Here's the scar. Huh. Yeah. What became of your wife? That's a remarkably beautiful lily there. The big one. The one you couldn't remove when you were digging? Well... Gretchen was gold and white, like a lily. Gretchen's green dress was the color of leaves. What are you trying to tell me, James? Do you, do you see something on, on the stem of that lily, Lieutenant? Where? Just below the flower. Let me see. It's a ring. A wedding ring. How'd it get there? I told you she was here with us. Darling. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. No, I didn't get it signed, Chief. There wasn't anybody there to sign it. I'm telling you. I heard the voice myself. It kept saying, love you, love you, love you. That's right. We looked around to see where it was coming from, and when we turned around again, James was gone. I don't know. 
All I know is that there were two lilies there now, close together, great big ones, and they, uh, they looked as though they had their arms around each other. Quiet, please, for tonight was called. Let the lilies consider. It aired on the Mutual Broadcasting System on June 28, 1948. Like all Quiet, Please, it was written and directed by Willis Cooper. It featured Ernest Chapel with music by Albert Berman. The one who spoke to you tonight was Kai Stewart. Eric Ostrom played the police officer, and Kate Schmidt played Gretchen. The lilies were... Colleen Riley. Marina Yoder. Miranda Halverson. Jeff Gillen. Shay Roberts. Until next time, I am quietly yours, Kai Stewart.